Welcome back to Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Preston Moore. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Raymond Venuya. Raymond, say hi. What's up, y'all? All right. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Um, not a whole lot has been happening recently uh, in the news, uh, but we've got a couple interesting topics we're going to cover. Um, we're going to talk about animated movies a little bit, as well as like stuff we've been watching recently that we like a whole lot. Um, personally... I'm very tired today, but um, I'm still I'm still ready to go. I'm I'm excited. Um, Raymond, how you doing? I'm good. I mean, I feel you. I've been commuting back and forth between LA and Vegas, but going strong, making the most of it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've had I've been back and forth a lot as well recently too. But enough about that. Nobody cares about that. Let's get on to what we're gonna talk about today. Um, we're going to start out and talk about a couple of the things that we've been watching recently. We just decided that this would be a good time to just kind of bring up maybe some of the shows that we've been watching recently or some of the movies we've seen recently that we really liked. Uh, I've got a couple of them, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't, I don't think you have. I don't remember Mm -hmm. if we talked about it, uh, whether or not you've seen it, but I finished titans on dc universe oh yeah i haven't seen that this past week um is is interesting it was interesting like a good interesting or i i don't know like i'm i very much am excited for season two like what they bring to the table there has a whole lot of potential for sure but at the same time um season one really could have been so much better it's the first like six or seven episodes are really solid. Well, maybe the first five episodes. Yeah, I was like, I saw your tweet. I was like, Are you sure? I was like, You said seven. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the first. It's like the first half of the season. I think episode five is the last one that I really liked, which is kind of their quote unquote mid season finale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half of the show I really liked. It was really interesting. Um, obviously it kind of plays into that dark and gritty style that, you know, DC has almost become famous for synonymous with, uh, but that did, I didn't mind that. I've never have. Um, but it was really good. It followed, um, obviously Dick Grayson as Robin, a girl named Rachel, obviously Raven, uh, Beast Boy, and then also Starfire. Um, and I really liked it and they really had something going. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, I think it was episodes six and seven, I tweeted about it, I don't know, you talked about it, but there are two episodes, it was either six and seven or seven and eight, where the show just completely forgets what it is. Like, I can't, I'm trying not to say this with spoilers, because it's so frustrating, but like, basically, they take this storyline that they've been building up the entire season Uh and then kind of just throw it away in a matter of (laughs) one episode. And then the next episode is a completely separate thing. It focuses on different characters, but it's a, it's literally like a filler throwaway. And I was like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, what the heck? So it becomes a CW. That's what happens there. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. And I kind of, honestly, now that I think of it, it kind of reminds me of, um, iron fist in a little bit of a way which i enjoyed iron fist but i definitely understood i definitely understood its problems though i i think it kind of stagnated in the middle and it was like where are we going Mm -hmm. with this i don't know or or luke cage season one i i love i love luke cage but in season one you have this whole cottonmouth thing going on and then when cottonmouth dies in the middle of the season it was just kind of like oh man like what you know (laughs) and it's not like a death that triggers the the thing in titans that i'm talking about but it's very much like the first half of the season is so solid and they're really building up to something good and then something happens in the middle of the season and you're like what the heck was that like how like that's completely i don't know they just forgot about the whole story but 
that being said, I am really excited for what they bring in season two. I think it's interesting. I read a little bit about it after I finished season one. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, troubles in production, and the show was originally created to be a week to, or the show was originally created to be all released at once, so it could be like binged. Yeah. Um, which I binged it, so I enjoyed it in that way, but when it was released it was released on a week-to-week basis um like weekly so that they could you know keep those subscribers to their to the dc universe um streaming service and i thought that was interesting because you can definitely tell um they said in an interview they wanted to make it like an 11 hour long movie which is basically like binging like that's what that is you know but i don't know I, I definitely wouldn't have liked it as much if it was a week-to-week thing. And then the one thing that's really interesting that I read about it was um, the last episode. So they end on episode 11. There's 11 episodes in the season. Mm-hmm. And apparently there were supposed to be 12, but they literally just cut the very last episode and decided to end the whole season on the penultimate episode before the end. <laughs> Which is really weird yeah, because at the end, and you can tell when you watch it because at the end of the episode, you're like, is that it? Okay. Yeah. I was ready to watch the next episode. And then I saw there wasn't one and I had to read about it to figure that out. But I was like, what in the world? Like, this is this, what? Like how it was really frustrating. Cause it left, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Cause you're just like, this didn't conclude anything like at all it it feels like there's so much left to be wrapped up you know you think of any other tv show like this were you to cut the very last episode of daredevil season three out and end it on the second to last episode like how would you like that so it's not even like a good cliffhanger it's just kind of like they just pull the rug from underneath you and it's just like yeah it was like take it for what you will and it was a cliffhanger because it was like oh that's interesting wonder what's happening next and then then there's not an episode and you're just like what the heck like what in the world (laughs) so i don't know if they're just gonna take that episode and throw it into season two that scrapped episode Mm -hmm. but they need to do something with it i don't know it's weird um but yeah, that's one of the things that I watched recently. Um, what about you? For me, I haven't really been watching a lot of stuff too much, but so I had to pick something that was kind of quick and just something that you could just kind of watch and not have to like analyze to the deepest extent. But I, I actually right. just, I don't know what what like got over me, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> and so I finally, yes. and so for at least for what's on Hulu, like the three seasons that are on there as so i watched it and oh that's my, all that's out yeah okay cool but yeah that's yeah, like you're you're good that was like the funniest show i've seen in a while like i mean family guy was like my number one like uh animated like humor show but then i started watching rick and morty i was like damn this, this show is pretty funny and then for a while too like seeing all the memes and stuff like pickle rick and all like the different ricks going on like mm-hmm. i was like kind of like what is this show and when I finally watched it, oh my god, I could not stop laughing. And <laughs> I just love, like, the weird dynamic between Rick and Morty. And it's just like, I feel so bad for, for Morty sometimes. Just, like, so lost and confused. And then Rick's just like, hey, we're gonna go do this today. I'm like, oh man. It's like, it's like the most wild and crazy version of, like, I don't know, like, the weirdest duo, like, the thing, I don't know, the only thing I can think of is, like, if Phineas and Ferb was on crack, like, that's what (laughs) Rick and Morty feels like to me, but, I don't know, I've been really enjoying it, I'm like, damn, I really can't wait for the next season to come out, because this is really a funny show, and it's just like, and I love that it's one of those things where it's like, you don't really have to pay too much attention to it, and it doesn't ever get that deep, so it's just like, you could really, it's one of those things you just watch casually, and just laugh and enjoy it i don't know but for anyone i don't know man i've been living under a rock apparently but for anyone who hasn't seen it i'm just go watch it i mean it's seriously like one of the funniest shows i've seen in a long time dude i've said it before and i will say it again rick and morty is my favorite tv show it's so funny and that humor it's kind of like the way i was talking about a series of unfortunate events Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago 
how when you watch a show and you feel like it was made for you, like this is exactly what I want in a show. That's kind of what Rick and Morty is for me. It's very bad, like like dark, dark yeah. stuff they cover, you know? But at the same time, it's like everything that I find hilarious is in that show. Like, I think it's so good. But, yeah, I, I love Rick and Morty. Um, I'll move on. I want to say another thing that I watched this mm-hmm. week uh, was Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. I'm really excited to go see it, just honestly you, because Brad Pitt. But you need, And he's the best part. I'll tell you that right now. You need to go see it because this one... Now, somehow... I don't I I don't have an excuse for this but somehow this is my first Tarantino movie. That's crazy, man. Um, I know. I know. I, I, I it was basically it's like the first one that's come out since I've fell in love with cinema uh-huh. and since I've been old enough to watch them. True. Um so well, it's my Hateful first Eight? one. Wow. No, I didn't. Oh, well. what, what? How old was I? When did that come out? Like 2015? Yeah, I think so, around that time. So I was like 16 years old. Oh, Jesus. I still, even when I was 16, I wasn't into that stuff. Like, I didn't watch rated R stuff then. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> but but this was my first Tarantino movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, I did, I will say, I did plan on watching all of his movies in uh, preparation for this movie, like, beforehand mm-hmm. um but this month got really busy for me and i and i wasn't able to do that but now after seeing it i am very excited to go through and watch all of them because it was so good like i absolutely loved it um obviously i won't spoil much but brad pitt probably the best part but brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio their chemistry is great like and their characters are so well fleshed out and so well written mm-hmm. that there's a scene, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but there's a scene where it's literally just them watching TV. Um, and the shot is a long shot. It's just a picture of the TV. Like that's all the shot is, is just the TV and you hear their voices as they comment um, while the show is going. And like, by all accounts that should not be interesting yeah because that doesn't sound like a good like scene like yeah, that, that wasn't the greatest very... pitch in the world for a scene <laughs> no it sounds boring but when you're in the movie and you know these characters so well because they're written so well mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite scenes because it's such a human moment and it's just so real because everybody you know it's just so it's so relaxed like it's that's just everyday life you know and i and i loved watching it because these characters are so good and they're so well written so i'm really excited to watch um to watch all his other movies the finale of this movie like the last 20 minutes uh-huh. are incredible mm-hmm. i mean it it's so <laughs> i want to go see it again just so i can watch the end of the movie because it's so freaking good and it's funny too the movie is really really comedic i don't i've heard um that it's funnier than the rest of tarantino's movies obviously i don't know but i've heard that it is because it, it i thought it was really funny throughout um but yeah i will say it does in a couple moments in the first and second act it kind of loses itself and you you get to a point where you're like like I was talking about with Iron Fist, you're at a point where you're like, okay, um, where are we going here? Like mm-hmm. nothing's happening in the plot, but those moments are never very long. Like that's the one drawback that I can think of from this movie is when those moments hit, it is just kind of like, all right, I'm a little bored. Let's let <laughs> something happen here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they don't last very long. Something always definitely happens. Um, shortly after to progress the plot I love Tarantino's directing style like yeah. it's so prominent it's so on display 
Oh man, I really can't wait for you to watch Pulp Fiction. Like, I I can't wait either. Because <laughs> like, the first time I, I watched that, I was like, I was really lost going in, like, and getting through the movie. Yeah. But then by the, it's one of those movies, like, at the end you're just like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah. And then same with the Reservoir Dogs, and Django mm-hmm. not so much. That one's a little easier to follow, but still the ending of Django too. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, the, yeah. I don't know the way Tarantino just tells his stories. I mean, by the time you get to the end. Even if something didn't make sense before, you're just like, whoa, that's cool, man. That's kind of how Once Upon a Time was. I, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I'll, <laughs> I'll come back next week and hopefully have have some more to talk about with his yeah, other movies. One of these days we could do a whole Tarantino episode and just go I through all of them. I think that is a them. great idea. I just need to catch up on them. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, I really liked it for sure did you have anything else that you were wanted to talk about you watched recently i haven't i mean that's the sad part but yeah just just rick and morty for me right now okay well then i'll say one my my last one thing um i've i've had some time recently obviously because i have so much that i've been into um but right now i'm currently watching like i literally just uh was just watching it right before we started recording this episode Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm watching the Netflix original Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. It, the if you one. haven't heard of this show, yeah, if you haven't heard of this show, it's animated. Uh, it's a, it's very adult humor, but it follows these two middle school boys. They're both in seventh grade, and it follows them as they go through puberty. One of them is going through puberty and, like, hitting it hard, and then the other one is, like, not really hit puberty yet. It's very dirty. It's a very dirty show. Like, really really just gross honestly (laughs) when you take when you take a step back and look at it you're like this this is gross but um it's it's hilarious it is one of the funniest shows i've seen if you like rick and morty you will like big mouth i'll say that um that is 100 percent the same same style maybe even better i'm only 10 episodes in so i can't really say much um as for my like full thoughts on it but i do really really like it it's only one season so far right no it's three three oh jesus yeah yeah so i have a lot i have a lot more to watch and it just got renewed for like four more oh Um, that that makes sense it got nominated for an emmy no for real yeah it's really it's really a good show um it's nick kroll and john mulaney play the two kids um and I, I love me some John Mulaney. That's why I started watching it. And but Nick Kroll really carries the show. He it's like he's one of the creators. And he plays like six or seven characters in the show. Nick oh, Kroll man. does. It's like Seth MacFarlane for Sam for Family Guy. Yeah. The dude well, plays John like Mulaney, everybody. Yeah, and John Mulaney plays uh a bunch of different characters as well. I think it's a thing because I looked on IMDB and a lot of them have played a lot of the characters in this show but nick kroll plays a couple of the actual like main characters so um but yeah it's a really really fun show i definitely definitely recommend it so that being said uh we're gonna segue into our main topic for today what we're gonna talk about for about probably the next 20 minutes or so uh we're gonna talk about animation uh that's a nice little transition there from big mouth um (laughs) and rick and morty but we're going to talk about animation animated movies uh why they're why they're good what makes them different what separates them and we're going to kind of dissect it so raymond what in your opinion Mm -hmm. uh what separates animated from live action obviously the art form is different but like what is the how do they how do they differ in your opinion for me i think it's that there are a lot more advantages of having something animated versus having something in live action just because like a big thing that i keep coming back to on that is family guy like the mm-hmm. outlandish humor and things that you can do with a show like that you just can't recreate those things live action or else it just be well one it'd be really disgusting but two i feel like you'd get lost almost like going through flashbacks sometimes or cutaways or just like silly nonsense that happens and then 
that's my biggest thing is just that when you have an animated movie there there's so many different advantages they have the other thing too is like yeah like the art style too because yeah there's set design you know and you can design a set really well but the only problem is sometimes like the goal isn't for it to be noticed right because you want viewers to blend into that world and kind of get sucked in and believe that these characters are really in this place but when you watch something that's animated they can have a little bit more of an artistic form to it and let the background and stuff like that really take over i mean if you look at batman the animated series right like they recreate, mm-hmm. they create this like really grim and giant skyscraper city without but obviously it doesn't feel real and even though the art's beautiful and you notice as soon as you watch it like wow the art's beautiful that's just something that you don't get too when you watch a movie you're like oh wow this set design is great you know it's just because no you're so focused because it feels real and so I, my point is yeah it's just like the advantage of animated over live action is that you don't have to make it feel real instead it can just be a part of the art that wows you and kind of brings you into that because it's still real to the character but it brings you into the movie more but what about you like that's those are the things that like jump out at me when it comes to yeah anything yeah, that animated. was really good yeah i um so there's something about animation the cool thing about it is that as opposed like live action you know you you can you have a little bit of leeway with cgi these days and you can create you know whatever you want with cgi but um on some level that is animation you know but yeah anyways um live action you do have obviously there are pros and cons to each but the cool thing about animation is that you have a blank slate Mm -hmm. like you have like the possibilities are literally limitless you don't like the sky is the limit and then some it's it's such a unique art form in that you really can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. you know you look at rick and morty may be one of the best examples of that because of all the wacky crazy things that they come up with yeah and they integrate like all the different kinds of aliens like all the different (laughs) words that they just say out of nowhere like it's so and that's one of the things i like about it is is everything is so weird and it's so like there's so much that is just completely original you know to where they you know they came up with this completely originally and they started with a blank slate and they made something crazy out of it you know and that's what makes rick and morty so cool and that's what makes animation um in my opinion maybe a more superior art form Mm -hmm. in that you really do have no limits it's just your creativity and your imagination and you just you you do it and that's what's interesting to me about animation is that it's the most you know when you're watching an animated film you know you're watching or a series or whatever you know mm-hmm. you know you're watching directly what the creators wanted because they can create that there's no hindrances whereas with live action you know maybe um different set designs different pieces it doesn't work whatever you know there's so many moving pieces that go into a live action mm-hmm. uh creation to where there are can be a lot of hindrances especially even with like um budget you know even if you're thinking about cgi and live action you know like if you don't have the budget your cgi is not going to look good and that's going to put a hindrance on you whereas with animation you really can just take this blank slate and just paint a picture however you want to paint it you know and that's really really cool to me that's what sets it apart for me Um, yeah and like piggybacking off of that too is just that when you think of it as a blank slate right i think another advantage about animation isn't i mean of course you have your voice actors but the idea that you can literally control how your actor or how your character looks and how their eyes move and how their hair waves mm-hmm. and what their fingers are doing you know, all the little nuances to their character that you couldn't that you wouldn't know to give an actor you know like obviously like the great the great directors and great actors 
can do it. You know, like they can create the little right. character traits for 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 their role. But when you're writing it, you know, maybe those aren't those are things that you leave for the actor and director to fill. But when you're making an animated movie, especially, I find it amazing that you can really control their body language and the way that they literally move. You know, I mean, what sets apart like Woody from Buzz, you know, like Woody moves so nonsensically, you know, because he he feels and has always been a toy. You know, and Buzz, at least in that first movie, moves like a soldier almost because he truly believes, mm-hmm. you know, that he is this space, you know, warrior. And on it's just like things like that, I feel, give it that much more room to be greater. But at the same time, it's one of those things like when you have more control and you have so much to work with, it almost... I feel like it's a giant risk doing an animated movie because if you don't make it really compelling, I mean, I'm not saying it's always going to be bad, but the wor- it's going to be the worst thing, which is worse than bad. It's going to be boring. You know, like there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than a boring animated show or movie because when you can't like relate to the characters or if there's nothing truly compelling about it, that I mean, you're just not going to watch it. You know, like that's just, right. that's just the end of it. Right. Right. Um, Something I wanted to talk about, and it's been a hot topic recently for sure. So I don't know if you ever saw it, but you know that I really enjoyed the new Lion King. Yeah. Um, Did you ever see it? I haven't. Okay. Well, you can go for it. I mean, I I kind of. This isn't a. I I don't really care about the spoilers, but go for it. Just go in. How do you even spoil this movie? But, I know. Um, like, how can you spoil this movie? It's already been made. Just be, the only thing you could spoil would be certain lines that they changed, which is not much. Um, nothing super noteworthy. Um, but I think something that's interesting about this movie, as opposed to the original, is in the original you have these bright colors. You have these expressive faces. When Simba is sad that Mufasa dies, you feel that because you see it on his face. You see him crying. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much. When Zazu is angry that um, Simba and Nala went to the elephant graveyard, you see that because he's got these big eyebrows and he's an angry little bird, you know, and you see it in his eyes <laughs> yeah. and the way that he moves, you know. And when even like when Rafiki is crazy, you see those crazy eyes, that crazy uncle, like he literally is, you know, that weird you know i don't even know crazy is the one way to describe rafiki you know all the yeah. like wise no, he, and stuff he's whatever. like but, the you old know. wacky like spirit guide kind right. of character yeah. right on an emotive level you see it you know you see his face you see the way he acts the way he laughs you know it's all very like expressive and it's and it's big and it's out there you know um and even with like Timon and Pumbaa, when they're singing the song, you see their faces during Hakuna Matata. You see all the way they, the ways they deliver certain uh, lyrics and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. when Pumbaa is like singing, "When I was a young warthog," you know, like screaming it out. He's like really sad, and then you see him cry and all that stuff, and it's like it's a big, big thing. And when like Nala, when she attacks Pumbaa, right? Mm-hmm. And Pumbaa's like running. You see it zooms in on his face and he's terrified and he's got those big eyes. There are so many things. And that's just one movie, given it is my favorite movie of all time. But that's just one movie, right? Yeah. And there are so many things that you can take from. you. I mean, you take a screenshot and hold me to this. You take a screenshot of any single frame in the lion king Mm -hmm. and it will look like a work of art period it's a beautiful movie and it's beautifully done and it's beautifully animated all around you know um so there are so many things that you see especially when you're talking about characters you see these emotions because the lions although you know they're lions Mm -hmm. basically what they do in this animation is they give the lions as many lion characteristics as they need to but then everything else they make human you know the eyes are very human their mouths everything the way that they act you know even sometimes the way they walk can be human you know yeah and they and that goes that goes for every single movie you know especially um 
when you look at Pumbaa. Pumbaa does not look like a warthog. He looks just enough like a warthog to count as a warthog. Uh-huh. But nothing else, you know? Like, when you look at a real warthog or Pumbaa in the new Lion King, and you look at Pumbaa in the old Lion King, they don't look alike at all. Because Pumbaa in the old Lion King doesn't really look like a warthog, but he looks enough like a warthog to where you know that he's a warthog. You know what I mean? So, when you strip all of that, as they did in the new Lion King, you lose all of the magic you know what you retain obviously is the story Mm -hmm. right the story is still what it is and it's still great and that's why i loved it because it is a story and a a movie that's so near and dear to my heart and that's why i loved it because i felt it on a personal connection but that being said when you strip away all the emotion from these characters you don't feel things as much you know and you don't connect with them as much because you don't see their pain. You know, yeah. when Mufasa dies in the new Lion King, mm-hmm. Simba literally has a blank stare on his face, as he does with every single other line he has in the movie. It it was a really weird thing because oftentimes when I was watching the movie, I felt like I was watching, um, and obviously I was, and obviously this is how every animated film is, but it's hard to describe the way I felt because I felt like I was watching footage, but then they CGI'd a real lion's mouth to move (laughs) and had someone come and say their lines. It's like, I don't know if that makes any sense at all. That definitely, it's like, it's basically like watching the nature channel and they just kind of be like, all right, let's just fix the mouths really quick. Exactly. There were a lot of moments that I thought I was watching that and, because I never, I didn't feel like Simba was saying those lines. I didn't feel like that lion was talking. I felt like Donald Glover was talking, and there was footage of a lion also, <laughs> where they made his mouth move. And that sucks, because you take away all the creativity, and you you make it just a, it's, it's, it's too, too realistic you know no definitely i've gone on a on a bit of a tangent here with the lion king but like i said i did really enjoy this movie i enjoyed it because it was the The lion Lion king King. you know i yeah and there was no way i wasn't going to enjoy the movie unless they didn't tell that story which obviously they were going to but yeah it lost a lot of its magic for me it was a very forgettable movie i find myself not being able to remember certain parts of the new movie because I don't remember anything that was necessarily like struck me as great. You can remember like can a you couple feel the Timon and Pum- Daylight. What I <laughs> that was weird as heck. What I do remember, you know, what I remember was the best parts of the movie, which was some of the performances mm-hmm. and Timon and Pumbaa, the humor that they had, yeah, like their lines specifically, you know, and that that's what I remember from it. And you I, know, I don't remember certain shots that I really loved or certain ways that I felt during the movie or certain ways that I saw Simba feel during the movie. I just didn't, it, I didn't get that because it lost the magic that only animation can bring, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. Sometimes I feel like movies sometimes are just done best animated. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about it so many times, but yeah, like Into the Spider-Verse, you could never do that in live action. You know, and if yeah. we even go back to some of the not not to the not to the extent yeah, that they did it exactly, you and can do it, but it wouldn't be as incredible. Exactly, it wouldn't look as beautiful. But yeah. like, even if we think about like other animated movies that we really enjoy, you know, and really love, you there's no way you could recreate or capture that feel in live action. Like one for me that I have always like thought, wow, I'd really want like a live action version of this movie. But the more that I think about it, I'm just like, no, like, I feel like it's going to stay best animated would be Hercules. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love that movie. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite of like those old, older Disney animated movies. And I'm just like, you know, that's realistic. You know, they have gods. I mean, we've seen Wrath and Clash of the Titans. You know, we've seen 300. We've seen so many movies done in that same sort of time period. You know, I mean, even Harry Potter had centaurs, you know, and it's just like. 
oh, I'd love to see that in live action. But then the more I really think about it, I'm like, no, because then it's going to feel like it should be 300 and I shouldn't get Can I Go the Distance, you know, and Hero to Zero yeah. and Dancing Vases you know, and yeah. Talking Demons from the Underworld, you know, because then it becomes, yeah, it just becomes too real. And I feel like, yeah, and that's something I feel like people have had an issue with with Christopher Robin, which I loved personally, you know, because I love Winnie the Pooh. But the fact that you had talking teddy bears, you know, and even McGregor walking through a hole in the tree to go into this world mm-hmm. where teddy bears talk and they befriend this owl, you know, it just becomes too realistic when it's one of those things that works better as an animated movie. And yeah. I don't know. I, I just, thought they did that really well, though, in comparison to some of these live action remakes. That was one of, if not the very best one. Exactly, but like, and for some reason, I guess other people would disagree. But I feel yeah. like, yeah, the medium of animation over live action is just, there's so much more to it. And I honestly do believe that maybe, who knows, in 30, 40 years, we could see, you know, live action not being, being the new animated, where it's like, oh, some animated movies are the norm because, yeah, we like we talked about with Gemini Man. Yeah, how well they were re- completely crafting Will Smith's other half, like his younger self, not through yeah, like de aging, but a through fully animated CGI character. Yeah, that's a yeah. fully animated character. I mean, look at Avatar. You know, for the most part, a lot of that is motion capture. You know, but the fact they're still generating these images, you know, that I feel like that classifies it as animation. And yeah. for me, it's just like, okay, well, if they're gonna do that. With most movies now, I and mean, we see how many movies are green screen with motion capture, especially, and how into the level that they're done, I would not be surprised too, if in the future it, the film industry does say, well, we're gonna do things mainly CGI based because then, one, you don't have to pay actors, I mean, as much because they're not on screen, you know, they're not on location, they're not on set, it's all done in a studio. And that's something yeah, that I will say. Mm-hmm. I will say that Ang Lee, the director of Gemini Man, yeah, said that it costs way less to have Will Smith just get out there and do his thing than to create a whole new one. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Because I feel like maybe it might be more expensive, but maybe I don't know the actual figures of it. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that it costs way more to create a character through motion capture performance and cgi mm-hmm. than to just pay the actor that's true you know you might be right on that but at the same time when you think about that the control the control that it gives the yeah. artist no yeah for sure yeah you know, it's hard to pass that up factor. especially for people who are purists you know of their own creation like i wouldn't yeah. doubt that if quentin tarantino you know could say no, I want to make movies my way because that's the that's his big thing, and he's like, oh, that's why I write and direct my own stuff because I don't want to make your crappy movie. I want to make my movie. I would not be yeah. surprised if he could completely generate the perfect actors for his for his next movies. You know, I don't doubt that he would. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, I just feel like that's something I could definitely see us leaning in. I mean, we already see how much we're leaning on animation, right? And on computer-generated stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think of the way that Avengers Endgame was filmed. Oh, God, yeah. I I would be curious to know how many... The percentage of of uh, screen time mm. in the movie, if you took it, the percentage of screen time that had something CGI or green screen. Yeah. And like, it- is there anything in that movie that's not for real <laughs> there's gotta be only a few you know which is uh which is definitely crazy but that's that's kind of the way we're going and although these cgi creations can be amazing and beautiful mm-hmm. in my opinion there is something magical about you know just a movie that you you know you can tell when something's real and when something's not yeah you know even in and I love Captain America Civil War, but when you watch Captain America Civil War, you know that that airport is not real. Like, that <laughs> airport is CGI. It is very gray, and you the, there's something about it you can tell the way it's shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you watch Daredevil, 
not much is CGI. Yeah. You know, like, you know where they are, you know, and you know they're there. You know, that's a practical set. And I love practical sets, you know, set extension like that where... Same. They, as much practical stuff they use, they can, you know? Yeah. I love that. And, you know, this is kind of off the topic of animation for sure, but at the same time, it is on the topic of CGI and stuff like that where, like, I appreciate a movie a lot more when it uses a lot more practical sets that's one of the reasons that i really like star wars the force awakens is jj abrams came in and he said we're gonna do as much practical as we can like we understand that it's star wars so there does need to be a lot of cgi yeah for sure it's star wars obviously there needs to be visual effects it pioneered visual effects (laughs) in a way nothing ever had in 1977 you know Mm -hmm. so obviously with the story they're telling you're going to need to use a lot of visual effects but he came in and he made a lot of that was practical you look at um this is a fun fact in the movie you know the character i don't know how to pronounce his name unkar platt the guy who sells ray the portions oh okay yes he's like one quarter portion yeah you know yeah you know who i'm talking about yeah i got you Unkar Platt is real. No, oh, for he, real? That's, that was a suit. That wasn't a CGI thing. That was a real suit that Simon Pegg wore. <laughs> and, yeah. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. a practical See, that's, that's suit. impressive. Yeah. Isn't that, I, and that's, I love that because there's something about it when it's not CGI. It just has a realness to it, you know? And Definitely. that's why I like In The Last Jedi whenever... Yoda was a puppet and not a CGI creation, you know. I think that is a lot more human and that's a lot more and obviously it was a callback to Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back, but I love that. You know what I mean? So the idea just but it is sad something to s- that mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was like it is just sad to see like even Ian McKellen, right? I think the the one who played Gandalf, uh he cried when he was on set for the hobbit or at least this is the story that came out that he he was upset because he was on set he was at this table but the rest of the room was green screen and he's just like yeah this is this just isn't how movies should be made and for me yeah. i agree you know i mean nolan is one yeah. of those directors who's like i want to do everything in camera that we can and use green screen for like the littlest thing you know just right because that's why i love the dark knight like they yeah. actually blew up a hospital exactly and the joker blew up a hospital and that's awesome you know yeah, but it's just sad to see because it's like you know when avatar first came out that was like wow you completely cgi'd characters and now that's becoming the norm and so for me it's like if the further we go along i'm not surprised that these things are you know just as technology goes Things get cheaper and things get better. So I wouldn't be surprised if the quality of, you know, Infinity War isn't as expensive 30 years from now. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I can make that. You know, that's pretty easy. Are you kidding me? I make that on my MacBook 17 plus. But, you know, at home, <laughs> it's just like, and that's what filmmaking becomes. Obviously, I don't want to see it go down that route. And I know that there's always going to be people who are like, no, we got to do things on practical sets. But especially with blockbuster movies it's hard to pass up when you can tell stories with that, especially if one day, you know, like in the future, it becomes that much cheaper to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so all that being said, you ready to move on to our final, final segment? Let's do it. All right. So, uh, we've talked, we've kind of got off topic a little bit, but we've talked about animation a lot and we've talked about live action a lot. Um, yeah, so, CGI is becoming animation. I mean, they're they're pretty close. I think The Lion King 2019 should be eligible for Best Animated p- Picture <laughs> at the Oscars. I don't see why not. There's nothing real in it. Anyways. It's true. Um, <laughs> um, but we are going to discuss three of our favorite animated movies. Um, now, this might not be like our very top three ever um, Mm. because we have not seen every animated movie ever. But these are just three that are some of our favorites that we really like. So that being said, uh, Raymond, would you like to kick us off? Yeah. 
Number three for me is probably Hercules. I touched on it earlier, yeah. but man, that movie just gets. I love that animation style from back then. I know that what do you call it, the newer animation style is still pretty cool. How it all looks, you know, like more 3D and all that stuff. But I just love that 2D like animation where it's just like hand drawn and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, I wish we got more of that. Yeah, like it looks really cool, and I still enjoy that art style a lot. But yeah, Hercules was just such a good story, man. And then for me, out of all the Disney songs, that just like touches my heartstring. Yeah, it's I can go the distance because I felt bad for him. I was like, dude, you're just you don't even know oh, how great you are supposed oh, to be. But it's just yeah. Oh god. And then yeah. in the That's end, a great song. yeah, like the very end of the movie, like it gets to me when he's like, I'm he's like, I'm gonna jump in there and go save her, and it's like he's willing to give up everything. And then of course. Uh, what do you call it? he comes back out and he's a god and then he still chooses nah I'm gonna stay down here I mean he's like I'm mm-hmm. gonna be a friendly neighborhood Hercules like that's what I was just like <laughs> oh god that gets to me but uh, obviously I know it's like not even probably in the, like the top five no it's okay it's at least in the top five of all Disney animated movies but it's definitely my number like, number three of all time of all my favorites but your turn what's your number three favorite animated movie Oh man. Um so I these three are just my three favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't have a three, two, one per se. I have a one. So I guess my two and three, I don't know. Um, but they're very close. My number three, I mean, we've talked about it almost every single episode, I feel like, but <laughs> oh, that's yeah. just because we love it so much. You know what I'm gonna say. Yep. Uh Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Or Spider Man Far From Home, haha. Um <laughs> Just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to. Well, we got through one episode there. without you bashing in Far From Home. That's, that's you impressive. thought you could get there. <laughs> um, yeah, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, this movie to me is one of the perfect movies that I've seen. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how. I I saw a tweet today this morning. Um, have you seen that meme? It's like they they tweet a picture and then they say uh, they write something in a oh, different language. Weird... Yeah, like, I don't think it's even. I it, yeah, I thought that was just nonsense. You know I didn't even think that was a language. But... Yeah, so apparently it means like, what's your opinion on? But anyways, someone quoted one of those uh, with a, it was an end of the Spider Verse one, and they quoted it with, "How can you dislike this movie?" Oh yeah, I and saw that. It had thirty two thousand retweets, and I was like, yeah, that's. That sums it up Pretty because much. if you dislike this movie, I it 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 blows my mind. Like, how <laughs> can you dislike this movie? There's so much to like about it. Everything is so good. Um, you know, we've talked about it so many times. Like this one is just it 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 hits different. <laughs> you know, it's but it's it's a special movie, and I still remember when they announced. And it was shortly after Tom Holland had been cast as Spider-Man and we learned that Spider-Man was going into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, then the news broke. Uh, Sony is developing an animated Spider-Man movie for theatrical release. And everyone was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Like, what in the world? Why would they do that? Um, because it just seemed like Sony was just trying to milk all the money they can out of Spider-Man, you know? in other other ways that they could do it you know with venom and then with this movie but then news broke it was like it's gonna center around miles morales and everybody was like okay okay we'll give it a chance See, that's when then, at least like comic book reader twitter that's when they exploded like no way yeah yeah and that was like a big deal because everybody's wanted to see miles morales for so long um and we finally did you know and that's just something that uh, you know, it's, it's funny to me how upon the initial news, everybody was just like, what? Like, Sony, just stop. Like, just quit. Um, <laughs> thankfully, they didn't quit because this movie is just spectacular. But yeah, that is uh, that is my number three slash two slash in my top three. Um, <laughs> it's all moving somewhere on. What's in your there. Num- what's your number two? See, this is hard. I'm going to give a shout-out to an honorable mention right now just because it was really hard 
between this one, but I'm a my special shout out though. One that I'm like, you know what? If you even if you're not a comic book fan, go see it. Is Under the Red Hood, just because that's such a good movie. Oh my! Mm-hmm. Like every time I watch it, that's so good. But I couldn't put it up here just because I'm like, you know what? I feel like you have to know Batman and the characters to really be into it and invest into it. So not on this list, but my number two, The Iron Giant. Oh my! That's such a good movie. <laughs> I think I love the Iron Giant the most just for the one quote it it's uh, you are who you choose to be and he's mm-hmm. like I want to be Superman and he flies up there and <laughs> blocks the missile oh like that was just amazing to me and I don't know I think too that's another one of those older animation style movies that's really great and the voice acting is really great but I felt like it's another it's one of those movies where you could do so much with so little for a character that doesn't yeah. know anything and hardly talks, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a group situation. You could do so much with so little, and I think it's more impressive than doing so many greater things with a lot of stuff you you have to work with. But yeah, the Iron Giant is just one of those movies too, where it's like I can't find a flaw in it because even when you think that they're skewing away from the point of the story, and maybe one scene doesn't make the very next scene happen, it's either insanely hilarious. Or you get back to it later and it matters at some point like when they see the hunter kill the deer you know and then he's just Mm -hmm. like no he's dead like leave him alone like that was for me that was really big too especially for kids to see and then like the bomb thing too that's something that was like wow this is an animated movie obviously it's older and it takes place in that time period but just as for them like make it able to tackle those kind of topics in a way that's still like child friendly and teaches them like a really good moral lesson on a, for me, it's like, those are the things that you can't ask for more in an animated movie. And it's not even that it just reaches to children. It reaches really to everybody. Cause even as an adult, I'll still watch that movie and love it. But yeah. Iron giant number two. Yeah, that, uh, definitely a good choice. My, uh, number two, I will vouch for this movie for uh forever because i freaking love this movie mm-hmm. um i think it's often forgotten for a couple reasons one it is a sequel two um its predecessor was really the one that uh paved the way and became and created the franchise that it created um but i personally like the sequel better um my number two is Shrek 2. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. I really thought you were going to say Toy Story 2. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Toy Story 2 doesn't get forgotten. None of the Toy Stories get forgotten. That's like the biggest animated franchise. Yeah, but that was like the only sequel I could think of. I completely glossed over Shrek. Like, you never hear anybody say, oh, yeah, Shrek's like one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Yeah, and I think I think that maybe because it's a Disney uh, film. You mean non-Disney, right? Um, or non-Disney, yeah. Um, because people tend to think of Disney when they think of animation, but yeah, Shrek 2. I love Shrek 2. Um, the story is really, really enthralling, you know, so Shrek and Fiona, they, they have to go to, uh, for Shrek to receive their blessing, um, for Shrek to receive his blessing to marry Fiona and all that stuff and they go to far far away and I feel like they take everything from the first movie and just make it better and improve on it in this movie because I love the dynamic between um, the fairy godmother and mm-hmm. Shrek um, with Prince Charming coming into the mix and I love I love Prince Charming's character because you see him and obviously like he's a comedic character and he's freaking hilarious oh, yeah. but you see this scene where he goes to rescue Fiona and Fiona's gone and she's on her honeymoon with Shrek. And it's like, what the heck? Like, put yourself in that situation. Like, you go all this way and then obviously, like, he's a little crybaby about it and he's funny, you know, because he's the he's the um, the comedic character. But it is a it is a serious it it builds his character a lot because it gives him a really good motivation because he should be pissed off you know like i don't know i i could talk about 
any scene in this movie for an hour uh, because I freaking love this movie. But what I love most about this movie, beyond the story, beyond the characters, um, and how how impactful it is, is the final or is is the soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie is so good. It really full is. of absolute dingers bangers and 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 bangalangers i mean this one is it's so freaking good you know you have accidentally in love um obviously that's a great movie um hang on there it is i found it it's one of the so it's not i use spotify and it's not on spotify so i uh purchased the entire album on itunes oh my god um (laughs) because i'm dedicated you have accidentally in love there's changes uh by david bowie funky Funky town Town. yeah that's a banger um there's the song it's called i need some sleep Mm -hmm. the song that plays whenever shrek finds like fiona's diary in the middle of the night yeah and realizes that he's not who she always wanted to be with um there's live in la vida loca which is great because it's sung by eddie murphy and antonio banderas um but then obviously the greatest ever it's literally one of the greatest finales of all time in movies in my opinion is the holding out for a hero scene with the fairy godmother Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah oh my goodness that scene the stakes are so high Shrek has to get there by a certain time and if Fiona kisses Prince Charming then she accidentally she's gonna fall in love with him and there's this banger going on the entire time by the fairy godmother and then they've got Mongo the giant gingerbread man I know man, like that scene was epic <laughs> it's one of the best scenes ever and I absolutely love it if I'm sometimes I'll be bored and I will just go on YouTube and search Shrek 2 uh holding out for a hero scene because <laughs> that scene is amazing and if i could just watch that scene on repeat for the rest of my life i would not be upset at all i love that one scene like that just it ties it all together it's so awesome um but yeah i'll i'll stop ranting about shrek 2's finale the greatness of shrek 2 and its finale <laughs> it it's so good i kind of want to watch it today now that i've <laughs> talked myself into it um maybe i will um but anyways your number one so my number one animated movie god like this was hard but at the same time it's really easy because really when you say like oh yeah have you ever felt that there's a movie or show catered personally for you this is the one for yeah. me it's definitely wally wally oh, i is, love wally yeah wally's just so good and when he listens to that yeah. like old song, what do you call it? in his when he's like on your Sunday clothes, there's lots of work. Exactly. Oh Did my god. Like, right? I love that song. <laughs> and then Yeah. Just the fact that he doesn't even talk. You know, he doesn't say uh-huh. anything. He just makes little screams. I'm like, oh my god. It's yeah. like basically it's like if you got all the best parts of R2 D2 and made a and made an animated movie out of it, you'd have Wally. And then I also felt like it was just one of those things where it like it tackles those conflicts that we go through i mean having everybody you know litter and destroy our earth so it's like all right we're just gonna go find a new one instead of cleaning it up you know that's like wow that's like a very real human issue that's something that people would probably do and then the fact that oh yeah we made this giant shift and here's like this beautiful recreational facility but we are we're also giving you guys chairs that will bring you everywhere and do everything for you and so of course Mm -hmm. what happens at the gym no one uses it yeah right that's that sounds like a very very human <laughs> probability it's a very american thing to do oh god yes okay like i didn't <laughs> want to say it but it's true yeah that was like as a <laughs> that's like as america as america gets we're gonna put you guys on yeah. a giant sp- cruise spaceship and that's what it's gonna and i love that the symbol of hope for them is a leaf like just the fact yeah. that they could even potentially yeah. have life on earth is enough to get them to go back i was like wow that's truly truly beautiful because it does just speak to the whole earth is our home and no matter where else we go 
you know, whether it's on a spaceship or trying to find a new planet, Earth is always going to be our home. So it's like, if we have a chance, yeah, you know, at saving it, we should. That That's also my shout out. Y'all save the turtles. But that's my thing. Wally is just <laughs> a great movie. And it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, they do so much with so little, with two characters that don't talk. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how they, like, Wally and Eve, especially Wally, but both of them really have such developed characters yeah and like you really feel for them when they don't speak you know yeah exactly like it's it's really 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 cool (laughs) um but so my number one kind of already talked about a little bit i'm willing Um, to bet like a hundred bucks i could take a guess (laughs) yeah it's the lion king i mean this is i grew up watching this movie on a daily basis like all the time um and i i it's my favorite movie of all time i think it is the best movie of all time like i love this movie so so much um mainly it does have a very personal tie-in to me Mm -hmm. um but it is a lot of people's um quote-unquote cornerstone movie you know that they grew up watching and they they you know, it, it has that special tie, you know, to them mm-hmm. that it, you feel a very personal connection when you watch it yeah. and it never gets old to you. That's the Lion King for me. Um, you know, from obviously the animation is beautiful, but the story itself is incredible. You know, it it deals with these very grown up themes. Um, and I think that's why it keeps it relatable to like that's why i still love the movie Uh is because when i was a kid i related to that movie because i saw simba and i saw him lose his dad and i think about what's that like for me to lose my dad like that hit me very very hard at like little four-year-old preston like thinking about like (laughs) what if what if i'm in that position you know and like it really gets you thinking even as a little kid like it really hit me on an emotional personal level and that's what made that first connection you know but then even as an adult, you know, you look at and you can relate still because you can relate to Simba and he's got this responsibility to, you know, go back and take back the pride lands, you know, and like inherit his kingdom, you know, and do what's right, even when he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's relatable to everyone, no matter who you are or where you're at in your life. And that's what makes the Lion King so special, and it's what it makes it timeless, um, you know. And that's that's what is so special and personal about it. But on top of that, you have great music, you have um, funny characters, you have great humor, you have beautiful animation, you have all these things that just add on to the already great foundation that they've laid you know you have all these everything in the movie is so so well done Mm -hmm. that to me that's my number one that's my perfect movie no it's Um, hard to beat yeah that's a really good movie (laughs) and it's funny to me because i think of all my favorite movies um and i and i have like a favorite character from those movies Mm -hmm. you know um in star wars like i love darth vader Mm -hmm. you know I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I'm a massive Darth Vader guy. You know, I think of like sp- any Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man. That's my that's my guy. That's my character. I love love Spider-Man. Um, you know, I think of Lilo and Stitch. You know, I grew up on that. I we didn't talk about that one, but good lord, I love Lilo and Stitch. Now that I think about it, I think I should have put it in my three. Anyways, um, but Stitch, like Stitch, is one of my favorite characters. He's my favorite Disney character. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think of all my favorite movies i have my one character that sticks out to me the most that i love Mm -hmm. you know yeah i can't pick one in the lion king i don't have one because everything is so well done and everything all around is so equally perfect to me that i don't have a favorite you know and that to me that's like really weird (laughs) because almost everything else i can pick who my favorite character is but not in the lion king because i look at all of them and i love all of them you know and that's that's really special to me and it's something that i don't have in any other movie you know but yeah yeah, that's my number one 
Nice, man. That Yeah, that's like a hard movie to beat. I mean, for a lot of people, they'd say that's like storytelling at its finest. I mean, you know, The Lion King is just one of those things where it's like, it really is going to be there, the animated version at least, for generations and generations to come. Yeah, it's timeless for sure. Um, quick shout out. Uh, if you're listening and you have 25 free minutes, there's a wonderful video on a YouTube channel that I personally love. Uh, Raymond, you as well should go watch this. I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the channel is called Lover Boy Media. It's run by a guy named Bailey. Uh, he is brilliant. The way that he dissects movies is really good. Um, but he has a 25-minute video. It feels like five minutes because it's done so well. It's just called Why I Love the Lion King. So go check it out. I watched it. I cried in a YouTube video. Like, what the heck? (laughs) And obviously, like, most of that is just because of how much the Lion King means to me. But, like, also, like, Bailey does a fantastic job about dissecting it and really putting words to all these feelings that I have had and I know so many other people have had. So, yeah, quick shout out. Um, But that um raymond you got anything else no, for today it. before that's, we sign off that's everything about animated movies respect your animators because damn they do a killer job they work hard for sure all right well that being said we are just about finished up if you're listening to this and you've liked it make sure you leave a thumbs up or a five star review whatever quantifies as a like on whatever service you're listening on that really helps us out we definitely appreciate it a whole whole lot um, you can follow me on Twitter at Preston Seymour. You can follow Raymond on Twitter at Arvinia. That's R-V-I-N-Y-A-H. Uh, you can also follow the website that we work on at the Cinema Spot or thecinemaspot.com. Make sure to check that out. We've got all kinds of content coming at you every single day um, over there. So that being said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you next Monday uh, and talk about some more more cool stuff for you but thank you guys for listening to post credit and we'll see you then thanks y'all peace